Back in mid-April of 2023, a hurricane parked itself over Fort Lauderdale, leading to record rainfalls because it simply wouldn't snuff itself out the way most hurricanes eventually do. Now, this might not sound like a cloud technology story, but it is because the effects of that flooding shine a light on what proactive backup strategies and partners can do for an organization. Not just in extreme cases like a major storm or outage, but in other areas of business life, including new scenarios such as AI that are only just now making their presence felt. But I'm not going to tell these stories when I have two guests with me who can do that for me. They are from Veeam Software, known for its backup, disaster recovery and virtualization management software for VMware and Hyper-V terminal virtual environments, among other things. I was able to connect with Leah Trishnaki, Principal Product Marketing Manager covering Microsoft Azure Solutions, and Michael Cade from the Field CTO Office specializing in cloud native. They were speaking to me from the floor of the Veeam On 2023 conference in Miami. As a result, you will hear lots of activity going on in the background, including foosball and air hockey, because, yeah, that's what you do. But the expertise that Leah and Mike bring to the table around who is responsible for evolving backup strategies, the need for standardization, what to think about when dealing with decisions of relocation and re-architecting, and the evolving role of the sysadmin are all worth checking out above the noise. So, first of all, I asked them to tell us more about who they were and where they were talking from. Uh, yeah, so so we're live from Vimon, actually, in Miami. So our yearly conference uh, that we bring, and we bring around 1,500 people to our conference where we basically sheep the, dip them into everything that we're doing from a Veeam perspective and our alliance partners. We generally do it every year. Last year was in Vegas. This year we're in, the sunny, in sunny Miami. Um, and I guess to the persona point is... We've definitely got a bit of everything. So we have the C-level execs that, that come from our customers, our prospects, but then we equally have the sysadmin, the diehard sysadmins that are keeping the lights on. And then this year, we're actually seeing more of the, the persona around cloud engineers, cloud engineers that are focusing on DevOps, they're focusing on automation, they're focusing on obviously the cloud and cloud native. So we've got a real mix, and that, that is also what we see within our sessions as well. We've got high-end business strategy type type sessions that talk about uh, ransomware and the, the, the data that we're picking up from surveys, but then equally deep dive technical sessions that where we get right into the weeds about what we're doing to, to protect data as well as move data and all of that good stuff. Absolutely. And ultimately, you know, from a kind of category perspective, we've traditionally fallen into the storage category, which is kind of hilarious, actually, because we are a software-defined storage agnostic um, vendor, which a lot of our competitors kind of initially hemmed and hawed at us in the early days um, when everybody was really locked into that on-premises experience. But now, as so many workloads have moved into different kinds of clouds, our strategy of being software-defined has kept us agile and mobile and really ready for anything. Um, so it's been really exciting to see how our message at Veeamon, where we're calling in from, and if you hear air hockey and other things in the background, we're calling in from our playground area where we have hands-on labs and air hockey, foosball, all the things. Um, but yeah, it's been really interesting to see how we've compared from our very first event in 2014, talking very much about data center and light cloud to now. It's wild. Yeah, and I think to touch on that just in a little bit more, so if I was going to look at the product, so I work within the product strategy group reporting into our CTO 
So I've been at Veeam for eight years. So I've seen the evolution of, of Veeam where we started off protecting virtual machines within VMware. And then we progressed that around different virtualization, different hypervisors to now where we have this Veeam data platform where we cover a large breadth of different like virtualization platforms, physical systems. I would call them legacy physical systems around Solaris AIX and, and other legacy systems like that, but equally Linux, Windows, physical systems. And then you're getting into the cloud products. So around Google, around Microsoft Azure, around AWS, and then Kubernetes as well from a Cast and K10 perspective. And then not forgetting our SaaS-based products as well, where we're protecting Microsoft 365 and Salesforce, whilst also being able to provide some level of visibility of all of those those areas as well with our Veeam One um, capability, our Veeam One product. So yeah, it's not just the the one the one uh, one stop shop with Veeam back and replication, just looking after virtual machines. I could also add uh, unstructured data into that as well. Yeah, basically, if there's data living somewhere that needs to be protected, we're generally looking at it from a product strategy point of view on how we can protect it. And then it goes a little bit further. It expands out into, like, okay, backup and recovery is just the start. How do we then offer out things like mobility, about disaster recovery? How do we clone it? How do we leverage it? All of those things that you want to see in a data management like offering across the across all the different platforms that that the personas are, are seeing, right? We're, we're having to do a lot more with a lot less out there. So, but equally, it's not just a virtualization play anymore. People have workloads here, there, and everywhere. Yep. Who is responsible for these evolving backup strategies? In, in terms of some basic rules and philosophy about where things should be, who is responsible for evolving backup strategies as workloads move around? And why is that important to keep standardization on the table? Uh, it, that's a great question because we actually have a report called the Cloud Protection Trends Report for 2023, but we've been running it for several years now. And it's a survey of about 1,200 IT teams um, and specifically looking at how the role of backup and the tools that they've used has changed um, within the last year, especially. And what's really interesting about that report and even talking about some of that data here on site at Vimon at our user conference we're finding that the role of the traditional backup administrator has changed. Um, historically, the backup admin has really been orged within data center teams. And we've even been asking folks here on the floor, hey, what is your title? What, what team do you come from? Um, because some folks stay in traditional data center on-prem and then the cloud teams become separate. Other teams are really thinking of infrastructure as this holistic concept and figuring out what is the right storage for each workload. In fact, I'm going to steal something that somebody just said in a session earlier. Um, he, he said that his CIO created a cloud-first approach um, to app development, but they've really transformed that word to be the cloud-right approach. What is the right type of storage for any given IT output that they need to be driving? Um, so it's been interesting to watch that evolution, but I think the net from the survey, especially coming back to that piece, is... Um, the, the the remit of who do I call if and when something bad happens tends to be the guy who's been doing the backups. Whether or not they actually know what's going on in the cloud, though, that's where there seems to be a gap. And then conversely, when we've asked those cloud engineers, architects, the directors of cloud, what involvement do you have in backup? They typically say, we want to set the requirements. Who manages the day-to-day? -day? Up for discussion. So it's been interesting because it's kind of a gap in responsibilities. 
And that's a lot of, I think, what we're trying to drive with our community now, especially those zealots of Veeam today who are huge in backup and want to talk about backup all day long. Um, we, we want to kind of drive them to be the sort of leaders in the industry because so much has changed, especially around ransomware. I think that's been one of our biggest market drivers is to be able to say, I need to have a holistic strategy around all of this so that when my boss calls me, I know what's happening. And in fact, we actually have a session here at Vimon with the chief information security officer from Cyox Health. Her name is Robbie Hudek. And her environment runs on premises at their hospital system, but also in Azure and AWS. And they have very substantial workloads in both. She is able to sleep at night knowing that they have a standardized solution across each of those infrastructures. So it really is proof positive that I think that's where the industry is going. And we're just kind of pulling the community towards that. I don't know, Michael, if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, I think, I think Leah, you nailed it as well. Like having conversations with not only the community, the prospects that we have here and the, the customers that we have here, that, that, um, that like breadth of, of position is quite immense now in that you've got people talking about disaster recovery to the cloud, you've got people leveraging the cloud and that cloud-first approach that Leah touched on. But equally, you've probably got some customers here that have only really, like in the last two years, actually adopted virtualization and best practice around that. So we've got each end of the spectrum from that that perspective. And when you start bringing in other workloads, such as cloud and virtualization can be quite similar. You've got IaaS, you've got PaaS. Ultimately, a database looks like a database wherever it may be resided. When you start looking at SaaS-based workloads, when you start looking at Kubernetes and cloud-native workloads, there's an element of a different persona as well that we start speaking to. And we've got some of them here as well. So it's not just your traditional sysadmin that, that we may have been talking to for the last like 5, 10, 15 years, really, from a Veeam perspective. But uh, yeah, going back to Leah's point, the, the key part there is that that we're educating the community, educating the industry, and even further than just Veeam on is that as a technologist, it's just about considering if there's data, if there's storage, there's probably a need for protection. Personally, as a technologist, I don't care whether you use Veeam products or not, as long as you're backing up something, like backing it up. Now, that where we have our secret source is about how we leverage that data. How do we, how do we put it to work? How do we enable you to move from on-premises virtualization into the cloud and have that portability story with that? And I think that's the that's the real backup is well, backup is relatively boring. Um, yes. Yeah, but people the recovery, want to talk about it though. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Fifteen hundred people descend on Miami. Now Miami might be the the taker uh, there. But, a little bit. Yeah, but but they they came to a backup conference. But I think it's around portability. I think it's around how do we leverage that data? How do we put that data to work? How can we move it if we need to move it? Now, there might not be a a, a, a reason to move it right this second, but no, like there's always talk about locking. There's always talk about locking to clouds. There's always that. But that lockout, how are we, what are we preventing from not being locked in? So if I can take advantage of a service within the cloud to understand what that data is and then make better decisions within the business, if it can protect me or reduce risk, if it can save me money, those three things are always going to be top of mind for any business decision maker, C-level exec within a company. And we're, that's, they're the conversations that we're having this week as well as the, the deep technical, as I, as I mentioned before. Okay, so let's talk about relocation, especially as it pertains to cloud costs and cloud control. 
Leah, Mike, how do you make decisions on whether to repatriate workloads to scale or to re-architect to take advantage of the cloud's true potential? So I, th- I think FinOps is probably the, the buzzword for 2023. If we can save money, like we can just look at the tech industry at the moment, the big big tech vendors, they're, they're, making, they're making cuts, they're streamlining, et cetera. Yes, they're public, so they have to do so- some of that. But everyone's trying to save some money in the, the economic crisis that we are that we're currently in globally, right? Whether you're wherever you are in the world. So if you've made that transition from virtualization to cloud, where maybe virtualization was a, a capex spend, you've you've paid for something that you're gonna sweat for five, seven years in some states, and then you've gone to a cloud-based model, which is more around operational costs. So it's gonna be a monthly subscription and that's gonna soon soon ramp up. So you need to be streamlined in terms of being able to optimize what that looked like. And then there's a couple, there's a fork in the road, right, as to where you go. So I've spoken this week, I've spoken to customers that want to repatriate because they've got that far. They've got to virtual machines in the cloud and that worked really well during the pandemic because they had a distributed uh, workforce. So the four walls of the data center were blown apart. So they leveraged the cloud to migrate everything in. And then they leverage the cloud services, the expandability and the elasticity of the cloud to be able to access that um, that workload. And now that cost, that operational cost is blown out of control because they've still got an asset on premises in their data center. So they're now looking to move back. But then equally, we've got customers that are in the same position where they're going, oh, let's go to the next next stage of that let's how do we how do we re-architect that how do we start leveraging databases as a service because again maybe that company has had to forego some of their skilled personnel and now we have to start thinking about how how do we do more with less that's always a common theme within the it sector is how can we do more with less right skill sets etc well by re-architecting into a pas based solution such as amazon rds or google cloud sql microsoft azure sql etc is you're forgoing or you're abstracting the manageability of the service. So I only care about the database. I don't care about the operating system, the patching, et cetera. So that gives them that that capability without having to have the skill set to really understand operating system, high availability, and all of that good stuff in there. So we're, we're and we've got the ability to help people on that migration journey, whether it's to back on-premises with the portability story, or whether it's actually how do we re-architect into RDS or EFS from a file system point of view or, or other cloud-based file services as well. But I think the, the key part is, or, or, and then I've spoken to customers where they're happy with EC2 instances or Azure VMs, and they're going to stay there, but they know that they need to protect it. And then comes the cloud native journey as well in that people are re-architecting even further and starting looking at serverless functions or they're looking at Kubernetes or they're looking at just containers. And all of them, if they might be in a stateless uh, situation, but generally speaking, there is going to be some sort of database attached to that application. So we're having a much broader conversation, not just about backup and recovery. And I like to talk about that as an insurance policy, and that's kind of our fundamentals, right? We have to start that conversation there. But where we get really excited about things is the portability. How can we how can we help migrate uh, workloads from A to B and then potentially to C or back to A again? Like, and we don't really care because of the way we, we protect that data. And what's really cool about that story too is we have some amazing GSI partnerships 
that can help so many of these organizations try to figure that story out because it is hard. And I think, you know, at the end of the rainbow is a lot of that, how do we do more with less? But in the meantime, you've got, depending on if you're lifting and shifting, replatforming or refactoring, right? Steps of the, going up the steps there, um, you potentially have six, 12, 18 months of a project. And you may not have not only the people on staff, the warm bodies, but you may not have the expertise on staff. And so being able to work with a GSI partner, and, and we spend a lot of time building with these GSI partnerships. In fact, we have Michelle Weston here at Vimon um, from Kindrel. She's the VP of Cybersecurity and Resiliency. Um, she's going to be doing a lot of really great content with us this week. Um, it's a really great example of some of the partnerships that we've been able to build because I think so many folks recognize that that migration conversation is so complex. And while we love to talk about it on these kinds of podcasts, sometimes somebody needs that one-on-one -on -one conversation. Um, and that's why our organization does the work to build those partnerships and make sure that, you know, any way that folks want to get to the cloud, that we're enabling them to do that. I had a really amazing conversation with someone else who's going to be speaking at Vimon this week. Her name is Tamika McKay. She is the CIO of the city of Fort Lauderdale. And um, a couple of weeks ago, I was doing a prep call for one of her sessions that she's doing with one of Michael Cade's colleagues. Um, and she mentioned that there was a tropical storm that came through Florida. Not unusual for us here in the States. Um, what is unusual is that it's a tropical storm that for some reason just decided to hover over Fort Lauderdale for a very extended period of time at almost hurricane force winds. Um, and so it did tremendous damage to her data center and they actually had their data center flood and they needed to replicate somewhere just a mile away because that's how much the flooding was centralized to one location. And she actually had just recently started at this organization. She came previously from another public sector organization. And when she came into this org, she said she really struggled with the silos between each of the different teams. And she spent a lot of time trying to get different folks to play in the sandbox together and to try to understand each other's remits, because especially in public sector, you just have to do more with less, as we've been saying. So um, it's been a really interesting journey, I think, for a lot of these IT leaders to try to figure out, how do I get people to play together? How do I avoid hot potatoes? Um, I was in another session and somebody asked, who do you have a security team? And he laughed and said, we all do security. Hmm. It's funny what happens when we all do security because that bystander effect. Um, and that's how things fall through the cracks. And we're finding that backup is part of that. I think security is at the top of everybody's minds and, and certainly something that we're all spending a lot of time talking about. But when you look at any kind of security framework, whether it's the you know, classic NIST framework or something else, um, you'll see backup on there at some point because it's a matter of when, not if, <laughs> that something is going to hit you. And you're going to need the ability to recover. And you're going to need to make sure that the recovery is going to be a clean recovery, not a recovery that's already infected with the same thing that's protecting um, your, that's affecting your production environments. Um, so th that's been an interesting conversation is the hot potato of backup, of who's responsible for backup. Is it the backup person? Is it the cloud team? Is it the app owners for software as a service? Is it the DevOps team for containers? If it's everybody's job, it's probably nobody's job. But that CIO, that CISO is going to get that phone call. So I think if, if there's folks on, on the line who are listening from um, some of those kind of director and above positions, if you're if this is resonating, <laughs> these are the kinds of conversations that we've been having lately with a lot of the folks that we've been speaking to as well. And I think even those individual contributor roles, that sysadmin role, they're really craving 
breaking down those silos because I think we're all seeing that the industry has moved even faster than any of us are used to in the last 10 years. And they're all looking for some help to try to figure out how do we cut through the noise. And Michael, I don't know if you wanted to add. Anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I remember seeing like campaigns around smashing the silos and all of that <laughs> good stuff. And, and I don't think we're getting to like in terms of silos being separate separate entities looking after security devops automation like you know virtualization cloud there's a silo for everything i think the key part is not necessarily smashing the silos or breaking the silo or whatever you want to call it it's about collaboration between the silos you need to have that sme that is focused on security they live and breathe the security model the posture of the company and backup could be part of that, but the storage team will live and breathe storage. Backup could be part of that and should be. I think backup needs to span or data protection, data management needs to span across all of the silos because even an application owner is going to have some responsibility when it comes to data and how that's stored within a database. And then I've got another silo there because I've got DBAs. Okay, how do I better protect my database if something bad was to happen? My, my demo actually today was around a database running in Kubernetes, which is a, a thing. People are doing this. And I just wrote a, a simple little chat, uh, sorry, a simple little uh, script that I got from ChatGBT. Thanks, thanks, uh, thanks AI. Um, <laughs> and that encrypted my database. So I had to then use Casting K10 to protect and recover that workload and get that back. Now, a DBA doesn't want to just wake up and have to understand how to restore that data. So, and this is why we need to have that like piece of string going through the whole whole IT org. IT is no longer a bottom of the bottom of the building. Typical IT crowd type type analogy. They're not in the basement. Like there is there is IT teams are basically pushing the company forward to be able to to do some very important things within their within their their vertical. Now, when you're looking at the role of an admin, what has evolved or changed to encompass the responsibilities that a sysadmin now has in cloud protection strategy? What is now on their list of things to do? So I think, obviously, that it, the evolution is happening. I think my story is pretty a pretty good one for it because I traditionally, I'm a, I'm a sysadmin that started off on a help desk building computers and then moved into a consultancy role where I was focused around implementing storage and virtualization. And that was basically, and then I, then I joined Veeam. And my focus was all of our alliance partners around storage. We bring out integration for storage vendors. And that was my, my job. I would, I would uh, then we have brought out NAS Backup. That was my job. I was about being the technologist focused on storage and virtualization. Then fast forward another couple of years, actually three years ago, my focus is now all on cloud native and cloud and DevOps as a principle and process and how I can help our customers automate away some of that uh, monotonous tasks that they might see. Not necessarily with the backup, but equally I want to set and forget my backup because I've already said, I've already incriminated myself by saying backup is boring, but by automating it, I'm taking away the responsibility or I'm taking, I'm, I'm reducing the risk from humans. We all make mistakes. If I can automate something and I can suggest a desired state for my backups in the cloud, in virtual, in 
uh, in cloud native, in Kubernetes, in serverless, whatever that looks like in databases. If I can take away the human element of mistakes, which we all do, we can look at, you can look at any, pick, a, pick an analyst and you can see the accidental deletion is right up there alongside ransomware. Just ransomware gets the, gets the news hits. Um, but accidental deletion is, well, that's the last time I had to recover anything on my laptop because I stupidly deleted something. But going back to the evolution is that I'm no longer, like I haven't lost the, the ability to talk storage and virtualization. I've just ha added additional uh, elements to that, that portfolio of my own education. So people have to have a, an understanding around automation, be it infrastructure as code, be it configuration management, like that could be Terraform, HashiCorp Terraform, it could be Ansible from Red Hat, being able to provide a desired state and a way, a code-based way of removing that human mistake element. And then even further into that, like having an understanding around containers, Kubernetes, and that next level or that next advanced technology features and functionality that come with that. I think all of it, and, and where maybe 10, 15 years ago, we had specialists around storage, we had specialists around virtualization, exchange, but dare I say like Microsoft Exchange experts, where did they all go? Um, because are they now focused on Microsoft 365? Because we've abstracted a lot of that, the bells and whistles of the tweaks of, of what we needed to do to make that work. So I would argue that we're evolving, the IT team is evolving, they're having to look after a lot more functionality. We've got a much bigger focus around security, around observability and data. And we have to automate things away. Teams are getting smaller, People are having to double up on their jobs and their roles. And and to that point is we have to be the jack of all trades versus the master of one. And I think that resonates massively with me over the last 15 years of being in this space is that I'm now the cloud, I'm now the cloud guy that, that we go to. But equally, the rest of the team, we've got a team of 15 people in product strategy. All of them need to have a very good understanding around cloud-based workloads, cloud-native workloads, as well as automation. So I think just my journey alone is is probably testament to what we're seeing here at Vmon around speaking to people, how do we automate that? How do we leverage APIs? How do we how do we migrate? How do we orchestrate different tasks that we that we manually don't want to have to be responsible for? So yeah, orchestrate those those human uh, implementations away, I think is the is the key part to that. Well, Leah, Mike, this has been a wide-ranging and informative discussion. And so, thank you so much. Where can people go to to find out more about Veeam, especially now that Veeamon itself is actually over? Yeah, so if people want to check out more about Veeam, they can go to veeam.com and see all about our Veeam data platform, um, which covers backup and recovery of so many different kinds of workloads, data center, edge, cloud, containers, SaaS, all the things. Um, but if you would also like to check out some content, we are calling in, of course, from the Vmon floor, um, which a lot of the content is available virtually. Um, and attending virtually is free. Uh, the portal is going to be live for many, many months to come. Um, so if you would like to hear some content from myself, I'm Leah Treshinecki. I am the Principal Product Marketing Manager covering Microsoft Azure Solutions. Michael Cade is from our field CTO office specializing in containers and cloud native. Uh, we both have sessions available on the portal, but lots of our other colleagues and lots of our customers too um, have had some pretty incredible stories. So if you'd like to learn more, I recommend attending the free virtual. 
All this information is available at veeam.com, of course, and that is spelled V-E-E-A-M.com. Leah Trishnaki and Michael Cade, thank you once again. It has been such a pleasure to chat with you here on the Clouds Weeks podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. And as for us, you can also check us out at cloudsweeks.com and follow us on Twitter at cloudsweeks. If your company is looking for some great exposure to thousands of decision makers in the IT, cloud, and related industries worldwide, please get in touch. We can craft a campaign that will get you noticed through our website, social media, and newsletter channels, all of which enjoy a substantial readership. Support for the Cloud Tweaks podcast comes from Get Smarter. Get Smarter, a 2U Inc. brand, is an online learning expert with over 10 years experience in developing high-quality online short courses from the world's leading universities. Courses that deliver relevant information in IT, marketing, business administration, and a range of other topics. Business needs your talent, and your talent needs leading-edge knowledge and skills right now. With AI becoming such a hot topic right now, check out Artificial Intelligence, Implications for Business Strategy, an online short course presented through MIT Sloan Executive Education, and also the Oxford Artificial Intelligence Program, presented through the University of Oxford and the Said School of Business. You can find them both and many more at GetSmarter.com. Until next time, I'm Steve Prentice for the Clouds Weeks Podcast. Thanks for listening.